0: From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. Today we're talking about friendship. Back in October of 2015, Noelle wrote a post titled How to Be a Bad Friend in 5 Easy Steps. The reason this post is so brilliant is because most people see the title and think, I'm not a bad friend, but then when they read it, they laugh and they cringe. I know I did. Today, I'm here with co-hosts Elise Daly-Parker, life coach, writer, speaker, and Noelle Rhodes, writer, storyteller, and curator of life. Say hello, guys.
1: Hi, guys. Hey. Morning. Hi. <laughs> Good morning.
0: We're going to start off this podcast with the, our opening question is, have you connected on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or somewhere else online with someone who you would now call a friend? Yes. Well, you want to
1: go first? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, one of the things that is interesting is that when I started to write with circles of faith or four circles of faith, I was living in Northern Ireland. So I, you know, began to interact with you, Kimberly, all online because obviously we, I wasn't in New Jersey and I feel like we've become friends to the journey. Yeah. Um and also, uh last year I did a blogging challenge called Write Thirty One Days. I don't know if you guys know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep, with the Nestor? Yes, yes, and I did that. It was the first time I ever done it. And I completed the challenge, which I was pretty excited about. Yes. But I met loads of people through that because we were encouraged to read other people's, you know blogs. And just a few different friends I made through that that I still keep in contact with uh, via Instagram. And we still kind of check in each other's sites and give encouragements. that was a really cool opportunity for me to connect with writers from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Oh,
0: that's great. What about you, Elise?
2: Well, I would say my biggest connection was also through a writing community. And that was um, based on a book. And we were a um, book promotional team through Holly Gerth. Um, about her, it, was, it was surrounding her book called You Were Made for a God-Sized Dream. And out of that book came this group of 99 people. And many of us remained really good friends. We've gotten together in person several times, even though we're from all over the country. And one person in particular, my friend Shell Wilson, um, had just happened to live in Montclair, New Jersey, which is, where, which is where I live. I know. That was just downright cool. <laughs> crazy. And we we have uh, definitely become friends. She's also part of the Circles of Faith team. And, um, yeah, so many, many friends, and particularly, I'd say, writer friends.
0: Yeah, same here. I mean, I met you, Noel. At least we met in person but then decided to do this online thing together. And right. we've been to conferences, and so we're meeting the people that we're reading online, which has been exciting and keeping in touch with them. Kimberly Coyle, our other co-host in particular, uh, I loved her blog. I started following her when I would read 5-Minute Friday. There used mm-hmm. to be Lisa Joe Baker used to do 5-Minute Friday every Friday. You have five minutes to write, no editing. She'd give you a word. So, of course, like the 31-Day Challenge, you're supposed to go and read everybody's posts and comment and give a little blog love. And I always loved reading Kimberly Coyle's work. And finally, I must have tweeted or something, it all started on Twitter because then she had reached back out on Twitter and said, you know, thanks for reading and I see you live in New Jersey, I'm in Switzerland right now, but I am, you know, moving back to New Jersey soon. And then we just started going back and forth on Twitter and then, then once she moved back, I was reading more of her posts and it sounded like she was going to a conference that I was going to. Um, I picked up, she didn't say where she was going, but I kind of picked up the cues and read between the lines. And when I found out she was going to be at the same conference, I said, do you want to go to lunch? Uh-huh. And so that's how that friendship started. And with her back in the States, it was easy to get together. And so she became a part of the Circles of Faith team, and we try to get together um, once a month in person just to do, because she's, you know, close, but not that close, um, to do things together. So oh. yeah, that's been an awesome friendship, and that's just that's just one example.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. i love that yeah i love fun. how the the world is so it's much more smaller but yet bigger with with the online community it's great so,
0: Yeah, absolutely
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's definitely awesome when we make new friends especially online and when we meet them in the mo- most unexpected places that's when you have a great story which i love too well this will take us into our topic of friendship today our old friends are awesome to have a part of our lives. So there's a lot of friends that we've had for a long time and a lot of friends we have for a short time. And and I think sometimes, just like any relationship, you can get comfortable in that relationship and start to take them for granted and start to do things that you don't even know without even realizing it. We can slip from being a good friend to becoming a bad friend. So I'm so excited to talk about Noelle's post over at Circles of Faith. Well, first of all, tell us why you wrote this article and then jump into step one and tell us about being
1: a bad friend? I wrote this article because I'm a bad friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a bad
1: friend. Uh, yeah, I just had this moment. Um, I had a moment where I just realized that I was totally taking my friendships for granted and just, just saw all the areas that I was kind of really, really blowing it. And I wrote the article kind of response to my own heart and just kind of taking an inward look and seeing what are the areas that I need to change to be a good friend? So that's why I wrote it. Um, and I think the, the, the first step is one that we do all the time. And that is to be a bad friend. Call only when you need something. <laughs> I, I am like notorious for it because I'm kind of a texter, but if I need something, I will call you. So my friends know, like if I'm calling them, it's like, Oh, she needs something. Um, So I've tried to really, first of all, I've really tried to not just text my friends, you know, um, but to call them and to have a conversation with them about, you know, about them or about something other than I need help, you know, pick up my kid from school or, um, you know, could you babysit for a couple hours this night? Um, Just different things like that. And I have some wonderful friends who'd be, who have, been amazing at coming through for favors for me, but I am just really bad at picking up the phone unless I feel like I need something. So one things I've been trying to do even recently is just, you know, just calling a friend and being like, do you have five minutes to talk and just checking in and seeing how their week has been? How's work? How's your kids? And just hearing the voice because there's a lot you can't really hear in a text. You can't hear the tone you can't you can't hear if somebody's heart is heavy. And I think that you know a simple phone call, even though it might feel like 1998, um, really really is a great way to invest in your friendship.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. amazing how we've gotten away from calling and, and how it's like the last resort. you know I definitely I think that's that's interesting. I know that my children, Sometimes we'll try to make plans with their friends. And they're like, mommy, they haven't texted back. And I'm like, you can call them and just say, hey, so I haven't heard from you. So do you want to come over tonight or not? And they're like, no, (laughs) no, I can't do that.
2: Yeah, it's it's a very funny thing. I mean, it's definitely um, a less personal mode of communication that we've gotten into. And I think dangerous in some ways Mm because oftentimes those, um, those texts and things can get misinterpreted. And, um, I know my kids are the same way. They're, they're big texters, but when they call, I love it. I mean, that is really so much more of a connection. So, um, and I don't, I don't actually like the phone, but, um, but again, to keep connected to people that I, that I really care about, it's important. And I definitely have friends who, um, I would say borderline resent, um, texts and things like that. They don't really, that's not their mode and they don't really want to communicate that way.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just you know, to be mindful that when you call, I think sometimes when you get a, a when the phone rings, you think it's an emergency, don't you? And yeah, uh, right. <laughs> so and I think that's what I was doing. I was like I was like calling my friends and they would know, oh, she just needs, she's funny. just des- she's desperate. <laughs> she's not texting, she's calling. So I'm trying to be get calling
2: to have a chat.
0: There you go. Okay, besides that, is there anything else you're doing to not? Be that friend that only calls when you need something?
1: Yeah, I mean, I try to call when I know that my friends need something.
0: Yeah.
1: When you know, if if I know um, you know, for instance, I have a friend right now who's in the middle of a move, which we know is one of the most stressful things, and she has two little kids. So I called one day and said, Let me just go, you know, let me pick up your daughter and I will take her to the lake for the afternoon and just watch her. And But I called her. I didn't text her yeah. um, because I knew if I called her, I'd get a quicker yeah, connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's one thing I'm trying to do is call when I know they need something.
0: Yeah. No, that's excellent. Yeah, I try to offer myself. I mean, and this isn't in a – I don't know what the word is mean way, but I do try to offer myself often because I know there will become a day when I need something and I need somebody. And I don't, I want the, the, the tank to be full. I want yeah. them to feel like I'm not always taking from the tank, but I'm offering to put into the friendship as much as I may need to get out in the future.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But I do think this um, step one is really a good one. When, when I think about it in terms of how well connected am I staying to my friends, regardless of whether it's call or not? I mean, I totally get, you know, what you're saying, Noelle, about the emergency aspect of a phone call. But I think we can get just get so busy with our lives and so um, self focused that we do kind of take that that uh, availability for granted. That when when I need somebody, they'll be there. Whether yeah. for me, sometimes it's prayer or um, Sometimes it's something more specific, especially because we're in the throes of a move. But yeah, we have to. Be car- I think we have to really be careful and really intentional about staying connected other ways.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So step two. I'm so bad at this, I, I, and not and uh, <laughs> to give advice all the time about everything. Yes. I am a self help junkie. I love self help books. <laughs> I love like going to church and taking furious notes about you know what I should be doing, and so when I have a friend who like wants to tell me about something they're in the middle of, I want to offer everything I know to help, and I know that is not what they need at the time. So, Noelle, tell us about this one.
1: I really kind of got a slap in the face about this and realized how bad I am when I was a recipient of someone giving me advice all the time about everything. And one of the reasons that happened is because I have a son has special needs and just there were people in my life who felt like they had the answer to fix him and they would send me articles or they'd send me supplements or they would tell me about this therapy or that therapy to the point that I was so overwhelmed mm. and really felt like I couldn't share with them when it was a bad day. I would, you know, if I was having a bad day, I remember one time in specific, I went to go see him in his little Christmas show, and he was about five, and he threw a tantrum in the middle of the show in at a special needs school. Okay, he was the worst behaved child oh. at this school, and I was really, I was, I have to be honest with you, it really kind of like crushed me a little bit. I remember crying, and um, you know, calling a friend and just being like, "It was a bad day. This is what happened," and she just like. Unloaded on me everything that I needed to do next. Mm. And I realized, at first, I was really mad. And then <laughs> when I went to Lord about it, He was like, Yeah, you do that all the time.
2: Ooh.
1: You do that all the time to people. You think you're being helpful. Um, but sometimes what you really need to do is just step in into their pain, into their hurt, and put your arm around them and not an offer advice, but offer your presence in that situation. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think there's times where we, you know, I have a friend who's really good, uh, who's an amazing educator, and you know, one of my kids is struggling with reading. I'll go to her and be like, you know, what advice can you give me? And I respect that. But if she was all the time like questioning how I did homework and what I was doing with this and that, I would eventually feel really
2: resentful towards that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Noelle. I think one of the things that's important about giving advice is giving it when you're asked and not offering it without being solicited. And I think when, I feel like I've really learned this as through my coaching training, that really the best thing to do when somebody is sharing their heart is to listen and maybe ask a question to go a little bit deeper, but not come up with a solution. And I think we all love to fix, but, yeah uh, so it's tempting, but I think that's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I try to do that now. Like I wait until someone asks me my opinion or what have you done before I say, well, I've done this. Mm-hmm. You
2: know, yeah. unless,
0: unless we're intentionally coming to the table to share things that we've discovered or like in an accountability group or that, but that's completely different. You yeah. have to understand that there are, are clear distinctions between con- the conversations you have with certain people and, and, and with others. And yeah, that's, that's a good one I need to keep in mind.
1: Mm-hmm. I particularly uh, – one of, one of the places I really mess up in this is with people who are younger than me, mm-hmm. like younger moms or newly marrieds or single people, because I feel like, well, I've, I've d- done what you've done. I've been where you are. I know how it is. And I've I've worked. Yeah. <laughs> and look at me. No. But I think that one of the things I can remind myself is that I have never been them. I may have been their age. I may have been in their season. But I've That's never good. been them. And – that's where that really helps me. So if I'm, you know, if, if someone's talking to me about where they're at with their baby or maybe they just started a relationship with a boy. Yes, I've 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 had a boyfriend before, but that doesn't mean I've been them in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so until they say, hey, what do you think about this? I, I try. I mean, I'm, I'm terrible at this, but I'm trying to get good at holding my tongue. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like there's something that needs to be done in that situation, I, I need to go to God about it first. And just pray, and then pray for opportunity. If I feel like there is something I can offer, mm-hmm. yeah, to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I get that one. Family members recently had a baby, and they're first-time parents, and they're doing all the things that first-time parents do. And I'm like, great, you won't do that much longer, you know. Like, I want to be that person, and I'm like, nope, nope. Respect the things that they say you know, and do let them do what they want to do and just keep your mouth shut. And, you know, because I do other, I do know young people that do ask me very specific questions and they really want to know what I experience and what I think. And, you know, it's, it's, those are the people you want to be sharing your wisdom and experience with, not the people that don't want it anyways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think we have to be careful with the, I've been there and I've done that, therefore I can um, help you avoid doing some of the things that um, are basically mistakes or you're going to change the next time around or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just everybody doesn't need to hear it and a lot of learning through life is experience. So (laughs) That's really good. That's very
1: good. All
0: right, step three is hard to avoid, but I know that there's merit in this one. Be really busy. Tell me about how busy you are, Noelle. <laughs> Too busy for your oh friends. Oh, my gosh. Well,
1: when, <laughs> when I wrote this, I was really busy. Um, yeah, I just, I remember one time I um, had coffee with a friend, and it was a busy season in my life. And she said to me, do you want to be my friend? And I said, yeah, like, why would you even ask that question? And she basically said, because I feel like you're too busy to be my friend. And even when we're together, you're constantly on the phone with people in the office and checking your emails. And your your mind is not, you know, in our friendship. It's somewhere else. And that was a real eye-opener for me because I I have a tendency to get really, really busy because I want to feel really, really important sometimes. Also, because I have two small children and they just naturally... Fill up my time, but if I am going to have quality friendships, I need to carve out time. Mm -hmm. I need that needs to be on my schedule. That can't be, you know. I think connection is organic, but building a friendship has to be intentional. So we connect with people organically. We say, "Oh yeah, I like this person. They're into things I'm into. Our our personalities are compatible." But that doesn't mean that that's going to go anywhere. You have to be intentional in building that friendship, and that's going to take time. Time. So either, uh, especially when I was living um, overseas, you know, I had to carve out time. Usually, it was like a Friday afternoon uh, with a time difference. I would. I would Skype with my friend Jamie for an hour, and that was our time together. If we didn't do that, we would have never gotten time to do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know and now that I'm back in the states, you know i I try on a Wednesday to meet somebody for lunch or you know and look at the season I'm in. I can't be spending all my time with my friends, but I think that there is a need for me to make sure that that my friendships are on the calendar and that I'm not so busy that. I, you know, that's my excuse because that was what happened. Oh, I would love to get together with you, but I'm just so busy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would love to, I love to have a barbecue with your family, but we're just so busy. And basically that communicates is what we're doing is more important than you. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's
0: great. This one, can, this one has so we can talk so much about
2: this one. Right. This is a, a separate podcast, <laughs> <laughs> the busy, the busyness podcast, because yeah. it, it, it's really true. And I, and I love that. Uh, point about intentionality, Noelle, you know, it, it's not just going to happen. A relationship doesn't just happen, there has to be intention. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I think I, that took a lot of courage for your friend to say that because I've experienced friendships like that where I had a good friend who basically was a stay at home mom and we did lots of things together. She went back to work and she was literally too busy. And I had to say, like, our friendship's done for this season like there just is no room in her life now not because she was a working mom but because of the way she now structured her life what her work required of her and what her family needed of her and she felt as though she went into a very intense situation and she felt as though the the only thing she had left had to go to her family yeah and you know i had to kind of like come to terms with that and just be okay with that and i think that that was it was I think the beginning of my maturity when it came to friendships, because I wasn't, I started out feeling bad about myself. Yeah. I started about feeling like, well, what have I done wrong? And why doesn't she want to be my friend anymore? And I was able to step back and say, she's has a lot on her plate, you know, and there just isn't room for that. And she, you know, we've since reconnected and, you know, that's not really an issue and we're in a different season now, but, um, yeah, for your friend to say that takes a lot of courage, I think.
2: Yeah. Agree. Um,
0: and also, you know, one of the things that you said, and like you said, Elise, this could be a totally different podcast is that I too stay busy and it makes me feel important. Right. If I have 10 things to do. I, I must, you know,
2: have, be to, special. have to have yeah. to t- through them. And yes. also I think, I, I think the reality is that if you are too busy to be a friend, the, mm-hmm. you will lose friends. I mean, yeah. that yes. is what will happen. You will yeah. end up having, um, less friends. And that unfortunately may even not be the worst thing, but you have to really think about it, you know, yeah. yeah. who the people who are most important in my life and how can I make sure that I'm being intentional with them? And then who are the people that I'm going to have to just sort of touch base with every once in a while or release. And, um, and again, yeah. I think that's even another podcast. And we've talked about that on, on circles of faith. Suzanne C and are, um, our licensed professional counselor on board has really discussed a lot about friendship, which, uh, we can share in our, in our show notes because, um, there's a lot to say about it. So yeah, definitely.
0: And I think there's creative ways that you can connect with people when you're busy. Um, like I love when you said setting aside time with a friend to Skype, I have a long distance friend and for a while we've done that. And as you're talking about it, I'm like, I need to get back to that. Um, Voxer is not, does not replace relationship, but it's a good way to keep in touch with people that have different schedules. My best friend now works during the day. That's prime time for me to talk. We used to talk all the time during the day, but now she's working. So it's better for her at night, not so better for me. So we'll vox each other and we'll at least get, you know, some contact in with each other. You know, I ha- even have a friend who I'll be like, I don't have time to see you today, but do you want to go to Costco with me? Like, <laughs> I have an errand. Do you have any errands? And you can, you can kind of, find creative ways to connect with people but it takes intention yep, yep. it takes you be able to recognize and yeah. say okay our friendship maybe is not going to work like it used to because of this new season but how about you know how about we do this
1: yeah and I think what's really important to remember is that we're mod- you know especially as you're a parent you're modeling friendship for your kids uh-huh. mm. so i remember when i would skype with my friend jamie silas would know you know and he would you know he'd come into the room and he would say hi jamie and they would chat for about a minute and then he would leave because he would know this is mom's time with her friend and i want my kids to have good, healthy friendships. I I really do. Because the people that we run with, um, they they kind of can gauge the direction that we're going. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's important that they see me having healthy friendships with good boundaries, but with intentionality. Well, that's
0: especially important today when technology has really kind of taken, social media has taken the place of relationships. So for our kids to see us Living that out in our homes or on Skype, is I think is really important.
2: It's huge. It's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: All right. Step four: forget to celebrate.
1: This is so funny because <laughs> last night I forgot to celebrate. No, you did. <laughs> I have a friend who just got into an MFA program for creative writing, and I just got a job, and we had planned to go out last night to celebrate. And I just completely forgot. Oh! And my phone was dead, <laughs> and I couldn't find my charger. But I, you know, when you're like, I feel like I have something to do, but all my <laughs> all all of my children in my house and my husband's home, so there's like no like pressing thing. Right. And then I plugged my phone in at nine o'clock at night, and I see all these text uh, uh, messages uh, uh. like, "Are we still on for tonight?" But she was very gracious, and she kind of knows I'm a bit of a. I am a bit of an airhead sometimes and we hadn't really confirmed like we didn't do the double confirmation right. that you do. Do you have a house so-
0: phone? Do you have a landline? No, no. I was I say, a- she could just call.
1: <laughs> I know. No, I don't. Oh. So I, but I have to say this is something I am terrible about. I'm oh. terrible at celebrating people like birthdays. Mm-hmm. I like, I like completely forget my friend's birthdays. It's awful, but like, God forbid they forget it's my birthday. I'm mm. crying like, yeah. in the closet. So <laughs> I, I, am um, this thing, I'm, this particular step, I am trying to be really good about this year. Uh, unfortunately last night I blew it, but we are, res- we are rescheduled for, for sometime this week, um, just to celebrate, just to take people out and, you know, place value on them yeah so when they when they do like you know when's his birthday or they get a job they get the mfa or you know their kids have graduated high school hey let's celebrate you you survived you know getting your kids through school you know i think that's (laughs) there's something really powerful about that and i really believe that you know God is the God who celebrates. He's the God who parties. And in the Old Testament, we see that he set up, you know, tons of feasts and tons of times when he wanted his people to stop and celebrate and remember and place value on people and moments. And so this is something I'm really trying to grow in. And that means I need to be on top of my calendar. My phone shouldn't be dead. I need to be intentional (laughs) again. But... Uh, also I need to be the initiator. So it needs to be me that says, okay, it's so-and-so's birthday. Let's get together for lunch. Let's get together for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And that means I make the phone calls and the text messages and arrange yeah. and take the lead in that. I can't expect others to, to do that.
2: Well, and I think again, Noel, something that you hit upon is the, um, idea that, you know, do unto others. How do you want to be celebrated? And so we need to make time to do the same back for other people. I do have a, a few friends who are really good at celebrating birthdays, and are always on top of, you know, particular groups' birthdays. So, and I love that, and I think it's awesome.
0: I was going to say, at um, least, I think you're excellent at this. Like, you I do? know this is a part. Well, I think it's an active part of your life. I mean, yeah, from what I, from the, the time I've known you.
2: Well, it is an active part of my life. I am definitely a celebrator. <laughs> my wedding uh, my wedding theme song was Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and that is true. I really do love to have fun, and I love to gather with people. But I guess what I'm saying, Kimberly, is I'm blessed to have people that remember that more than I do. Yeah. And maybe that's just, okay, well, that's good enough. But I, 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 I'm struck by the fact that I've had many birthday calendars that have just never been filled in. So... I would like to be better. I would like to be a person who, who does more of the intentional part of it. And even I love a good old fashioned birthday card or a little card of any kind that mm-hmm. comes in the mail. Do you remember that? That yes. you used to get things in the mail. Um it's
0: like Facebook. I said happy birthday on Facebook. Right. So I don't exactly. need to call you or even text you anymore. Exactly. I can just, yeah. yeah. I just
2: think it's very special. That's a little desire of my heart. I, 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 I have not made time for it. I have not, but, but it is something that I would love to do. A way to celebrate is to actually be mindful ahead of time when somebody's having a birthday or another celebration and send a little note. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thanks yeah, for reminding yeah. me of that, Noelle.
0: No, definitely. I have a friend who kind of was, you know, last year for my birthday, was like, oh my gosh, it's your birthday. Let's go to lunch. Or the year before she's like, it's your birthday. I'm going to email like 10 people and find out if they want to go to breakfast. Just send me your their emails. And I kind of felt awkward doing that. I was kind of like, oh,
2: nice.
0: really? But of course, so blessed when yes. we just yeah. took the time. I mean, you know, it's just so nice. And I, I would love to do this this better. Definitely. Yeah. There's no reason not to do it, especially when, if I say I want to be intentional about community, these this t- these milestones and birthdays anniversaries these are all reasons these are perfect excuses to reach out to somebody and make a connection and celebrate with them
2: mm-hmm. so if absolutely you want to build
0: community this is a perfect way to do it because i think at the end of the day everybody enjoys like you said placing value being placed value upon
2: mm-hmm.
1: and celebrate mm-hmm. the small stuff you know celebrate when your friend passes their real estate exam celebrate yeah i love that you know um I, I, I know of a, a woman whose daughter was getting married, and and he never, like, this is kind of crazy, but, like, her friends took her out for, like, a Mother of the Bride weekend. Oh, that was really cute. Now, you know, I mean, I, I mean, it was just fun that they did that. They went to, I forget where they went. They went somewhere in California. They lived on the West Coast, but they went out somewhere in California, and just, like th- like, her and her, like, three closest friends, and they just kind of celebrated this, this, this kind of chapter of her life mm-hmm. sort of coming to an end,
0: yeah. you know,
1: not yeah. that she's never going to be a mother, you know, but just that idea that her daughter is getting married and that she was going to be starting her own family. And I thought that was really sweet and special. And
2: I think it is. well, I like that idea, girls. And I have a daughter who's getting married. So there's your little tip. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> nice.
0: <was> <laughs> yeah. All right. So step five, ignore conflict.
1: Ooh, tell me about this one. I think we, I think the myth is that we just kind of let things go. Um, we're being a good friend Mm -hmm. and I mean, I think we need to kind of like decide what really is an issue, but if our, if there is conflict in the friendship and we continue to kind of push aside there, it comes out really unhealthy. I know that if I'm upset with my, with my with one of my friends about something, I tend to just withdraw from them silently. Mm. You know, maybe not respond back to the text message, maybe, uh, you know, kind of go MIA for a little bit, or give the silent treatment, and then they're like, what's wrong? And you're like, nothing. You know, but raising the eyebrow, kind of being like, you should know what you did. Um, and I just think we like, there's issue sometimes the best thing to do is just to say hey i kind of was hurt by that comment or i was hurt that you didn't show up to this important thing and i need to let you know mm-hmm. and i know that for me um that's some that is really important and that really actually when you can kind of have a healthy <coughs> conversation in conflict that is definitely a measure of how deep your friendship is and how mature it is. I know one of the things that really spoke to me is when Jesus was talking to Peter after the resurrection and uh, Jesus had just made breakfast for his disciples. And he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And he, Peter says, of course I do. Of course I do. But if you remember, Peter denied Christ three times. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, there was. There was conflict in that relationship. He yeah. had hurt he'd hurt Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yes, Jesus is the son of God, but he was also, he was also man. And Jesus himself said to his disciples, I don't call you my servants, I call you my friends. So there was there was this, this kind of rift in the friendship, and Jesus just straight up confronts Peter. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. And then they were able to restore their friendship. And I think if Jesus can confront his friends, I need to as well. Mm -hmm. And there's obviously a time and a place and there's a way I don't think we should be screaming at the phone or take it to Facebook or anything like that. But I think a simple, let's get together. There's stuff I want to talk to you about. Hey, this happened. I was hurt, but share, give me your perspective and kind of just let it out. Let it be there on the table and talk it out with the, the intentionality that, the goal is restoration. The goal <laughs> is a deeper understanding of each other. And when you're able to do that, I mean, I have a friend who, when I first had my son, there was a misunderstanding between us. There was something she said, and it freaked me out, and I just, like, wouldn't return her phone calls. It was really immature of me. But my friend, love her dearly, she, she because I would pick up the phone, she finally... I think called my husband and was like, what is going on? And my husband who has no problem telling people what's going on, like (laughs) she's mad at you. She's mad at you for saying that. And my friend was like, Oh my gosh. And she came over and she was like, let's talk this out. Mm. And we talked it out. And do you know what? We're, we are such close friends Yeah, and we know that we can speak the truth to each other and that it's not going to tear us apart. But it's actually going to bring us together. And I always say about this friend that if, if anything really serious is happening in my life, she'd probably be the first one I would go to because I know that she would speak the truth to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, don't ignore conflict.
2: I love this one, Noelle. And I certainly have had conflicts myself with many friends. And I think part of my – I don't like it. I, I hate it. But um, part of my ability to do it – to, to restore a relationship to restore a relationship after a conflict is because of my relationships with my sisters uh, I have three sisters who I'm you know who are my best friends and the option of not speaking to one another just doesn't exist that is something somehow we that is a code that we agreed to long ago and I love um, the idea of, of bringing that into friendships and i again I'm not always good at it but I think it's ideal, and I love the example that you use. I do believe it builds intimacy, ultimately, if you can get past and understand one another to a greater degree. Um, but again, it's a hard thing to do uh, and really worth it for those friendships that are most meaningful. Yeah.
0: I agree, and I think the key is what you said, Noelle, about um, confronting with the expectation of restoration yes you know it's one thing to go to your friend and be like here's all the things that you know i don't like about you and you've done and then it's another thing to go back and be like okay these things are bothering me but i'm coming to you because i want to get past them i want to get over them Mm -hmm. you know and that takes um a humbleness of spirit and then when you have those kinds of relationship i mean i have a friend who she doesn't have a problem saying here are the things that are bothering me but she's I know she's coming to me because we're going to work them out. So I don't have to be defensive. You know, there is a tendency to get defensive and be like, well, I totally wasn't even meaning that, but I, I've gotten to a place now and we've been friends for so long that I can know that she's coming to me because I matter in her life. And she wants to kind of get to the bottom of it. She wants to either Mm. tell me how she, you know, she feels about what I said or kind of like clarify, what did you mean when you said this? And this is how I interpreted it. And so we've gotten to that place, like you said, with the intimacy, it grows your relationship. But Mm -hmm. when the, when the goal is restoration, that's when you have really, when it's great to to, to address conflict. And, and when you don't have that as the end game, it just becomes strife and an argument and it just becomes something that's not healthy in your life. Well, it
2: becomes who's right and who's wrong, which happens, I think, a lot in conflict. We're trying to prove, our position is the right position but when you're working on restoration there's so much more room for hearing one another and understanding one another yeah i just love that too that's a great uh, a great way of putting it noel that the, and a great way of approaching it uh, approaching conflict okay the point here is that we restore the relationship love it
1: and i have to say this though that needs to be a two way mm-hmm. agreement and i have i have i have addressed conflict and that is not the desire of the other party they don't they don't want to restore the relationship right and i have to say i have have had friendships die over over conflict and my heart still breaks over that but it you know you never really know if you have a true friendship with somebody unless you go for it and say hey this is what's going on guys let's like talk about this Mm -hmm. and um you know, the friends that have kind of walked away, um, you know, I, I, I still, my heart breaks over it, but I understand, I understand where I stand with them now. Whereas it's worse if you think you have this good, true friendship and then you find out from your friend, you know, from another friend that this person really actually is upset with you and thinks this about you. And you know, you, it's, it's, totally devastating to feel mm-hmm. deceived like that, so mm-hmm. I think that you just need to to take the risk it's mm-hmm. worth it
0: and on the other end of that spectrum, there have been the, the conflicts that I've had are typically misunderstandings yeah I would say more often than not and that what I've experienced where I've said something and of course I meant it for good usually I'm giving advice I'm not supposed <laughs> to be um, but usually you know, I've said something that would, I was misconstrued or I'm wired differently than this other person. And so when I say something, it feels different than if somebody else were to say something. And so it it's good to get it out there and then be like, oh my gosh, this was, you know, we made a mountain out of a molehill. And, and, and th- that's yeah. so good to resolve that because we can oftentimes like make things bigger in our mind than they really oh, yeah. are. Oh, yeah. And then we we start to think that this is me against them and, and maybe she's thinking this and maybe she's doing this. And in reality, it's not the case. And so it's so good to talk about it and get it out there. And yeah.
1: can I also throw in one more thing to yeah. that step? Yes. <laughs> yes. If you have a, if you have two friends, two mutual friends, and one of them goes to, hey, so and so is, you know, really upset me when they did this. You know, I have been like in that conversation, uh, not helpful because I did not help my friend say, "Hey, you should go and talk to her about this."
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And um, the times that I have been have had the the, the maturity to say, "You know, it, it's not for me. This isn't between. This is nothing new with me. You need to go to you know Susie, whoever it is, and speak to them about it." And they have. I have found it's been one of the most loving things I can do for my friends to not. Enter into their conflict. Mm-hmm. Now, there's times where we can be a listening ear, but I really think at the end of the day, it needs to end with you know what you really need to tell her all this or him all this and share your heart with him because I, I can't do anything to help you in your conflict. This
2: needs to be brought to that person. Yeah, that's great. Very important. So Very important. Don't get between friends. Don't try to fix a relationship uh, for uh, for mutual friends. Very good advice. <laughs>
0: All right. So thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. Noelle, this is a great post and we've covered everything here, but I, I think everybody should go check it out anyways. That's it for this episode. Real quick, Noelle and Elise, can you tell us where we can find you on the internet?
1: You can find me at www.noelroads.com. That's spelled R-H-O-D-E-S.
2: Yep. And you can find me at www.elisedailyparker.com. And my hashtag is Elise Daily Parker.
0: Great. And I'm at www.kimberlyamici.com. What you heard here today can be found in the episode show notes. If you subscribe to the newsletter at circlesoffaith.org, you'll get the show notes, additional content, and resources delivered right to your inbox. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. Let us know in our Facebook community what are what's the most awful thing you've done as a friend <laughs> <laughs> and what you learned from it. It would be really fun to hear that we weren't the only ones that make these mistakes. Yes. Also, we want you to subscribe to us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us.